Hey everybody, it's Josh from the Soccer Open, and today Marcel and I recorded an episode entitled Euro Hot Takes, where we discuss Euro 2020, the group stages, the groups, which teams will surprise us, which teams will probably let us down, and a bunch more. So if you like that and you're interested, please keep listening. If you like us and you're interested, please follow us on social media at the Soccer Open, or you can follow Marcel and I. Um, Marcel is cozy underscore Marcel on Twitter, and I am at Josh Reynolds 51. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to y'all soon. Hello, and welcome to the Soccer Open, a podcast about anything and everything football. Uh, I am your host, Josh Reynolds, and I am joined by Marcel. Hello, everyone. I'm Marcel. And today we are covering Euro 2020, even though it's in 2021, but and uh, this episode is called Euro 2020 Hot Takes. So we're just going to walk through the group stages, kind of give y'all an idea of what we expect from them, kind of the big winners, the big losers, and everything in between. So with that, Marcel, do you have anything before we start? Um, no, I mean I, I'm excited to get into this, and um, I have I have some hot takes ready to uh, to dish out in, in this podcast, and um, probably gonna get um, a little shit from some people about it, but it's all good. It's all good. We're gonna just have fun with it. Um, so yeah, let's let's get started. Yeah, that's that's what's important. All right, so we're gonna start with Group A, uh, and that is Italy, Turkey, Switzerland, and Wales. Um, I'll go ahead and name them in order that I predicted them to end up. Uh, I think Italy's going to top the group. They're one of the strongest teams in the tournament. They were undefeated in qualification. They're currently undefeated in um, World Cup qualification as well. They just look really good. I mean, this just looks like a revitalized Italy team. And it's not even like they just defend really well. Like, they do that, but they've scored, I think they scored like 37 goals and only conceded like six mm-hmm. in Euro qualification. Like, yeah. they are legit a contending team. Like, I just think they're going to boss around this um, this group. What do yeah, you think? I definitely agree with that one. Um, yeah, I think we started out here with a, a group that isn't too difficult to, to set up, I think. Um, I think that Italy is um, just to have so much strength in the, in the forward areas and in defense. Um, I would say their midfield might be uh, lagging just a little bit, but you know, with players like uh, Donnarumma, the defense, and, mm-hmm. and, and players like uh, Chiro Mobile, um, flanked by Federico Chiesa, um, players like Bernadeschi. So I think that the team is pretty deep. Um, a lot of their players play in the top top divisions in, in, in the world. Two of the, of the players just won the Champions League in, yeah. in, in Jorginho and on Emerson. Um, and I think Jorginho is going to carry that midfield. If, if, if they do well, it's going to be through him and his, and his passing, his range of passing up front. Um, so I think that they shouldn't really have any problems in... Um, I honestly kind of see them going undefeated. Yeah, for, I can see that too for the for the group stages, especially with this group that just isn't that isn't that strong. <laughs> um, not to not to you know come come at Turkey and, and Wales and Switzerland here, but um, there are there are much worse groups in Group A. Um, so I, I definitely see Italy taking this pretty easily. I they're. The only thing that concerns me is I really think they're going to stick to a Giorgio Chiellini, Leonardo Benucci center back partnership, which, mm-hmm. you know, if it's this was old, right? <laughs> six years ago, <laughs> yeah. that'd be really good. But they they have Francesco Cherubi, who played really well for Lazio this year, and Alessandro Bastoni, 
who is a young up-and-coming center back who plays from Milan, Inter, sorry, and they're just, I feel like they have a lot more to offer for kind of like a solid defense, and I feel like Chiellini and Benucci are going to be caught out a couple times, so I think that's something to watch, and also their wingbacks, I think it's going to be Emerson, who isn't necessarily the most defensively renowned, and also Alessandro Florenzi, who likewise is not very um, renowned for his defensive skills. So I think it's going to be one of those, like, if you can catch Italy out on the flanks, mm-hmm. that's probably where their weaknesses is. But like you said, like, their their attack is solid. Chiro Immobile is, he scores goals for fun in mm-hmm. Serie A. So I, I'm interested to see if this will translate into the international stage, because it hasn't really for him. But, yeah, I, I just think they're a really tough team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like we both picked Turkey as our second. Yeah, I I think that Turkey is a is a really good team. They're a really good squad. If they don't win um or do well in this competition, I think that we can um expect to see even better from Turkey in the future. Mm-hmm. Um their team is quite young. I think they may be the youngest squad in the um in the Euros. Probably one with, of them. Yeah, and England is the second youngest as well. So, um yeah, they their their defense is is unbelievable. They have um, a, de- a center defensive partnership of Kaglar so Shiyunchu with uh, uh, what's his name at, at, at uh, uh, Liverpool right now. Uh, I think they Kabak. just uh, Kabak. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they have a lot of, of, of defenders that are, are ready to go, and um, Demiral as well at, at Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the forward areas too, you have uh, a player like um, uh, Burak Yilmaz, yeah. who just won um, Liga um, in France. So this team is, 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 is underrated a little bit, but I think that um, a lot of the players do know how to, how to win. Um, they are in the top leagues and, and can really kind of assert their dominance in, in the teams like Switzerland and Wales that I, I don't think have quite as much quality. Yeah. Um, They're, I, everybody is kind of rating them as the dark horse of the tournament. I mm-hmm. think that they have a lot of talent. I think they're going to be boom or bust. Like, I think they're, they have a really good forward line, like mm. you said, of Burek Yilmaz, who, for some reason, at 35, he looks like... <laughs> he's banging on. Prime, like, Ronaldo and Messi. Like, yeah. it's, it's unreal how, how good he's been, not only just for Lille, but also in kind of the qualification stages for this, for Euro 2020. Like, he's just been phenomenal. Uh, they have Yusuf Yachichi, who he plays with at Lille as well, on the left. And they might even play Hakan Chalunoglu out, out wide. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of had a revitalization at AC Milan, and he's one of the best free kick takers in the in the division. So um, they're, they're definitely going to be an exciting team to watch. I'm really excited to see how they hold up. I think they're, like we both predicted, I think they'll comfortably get out of this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how far they'll go into the knockouts, though. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see. All right. So <laughs> who do you have in third? So I think this is where we're going to differ a yeah. little bit. Um, I, you know... I think Wales is going to be third, um, and I'm going to be honest with you. It, it's it's a little biased, you know. I, I just think that um, Gareth Bale is one of the best players in the world. Of course, um, I think that he can carry this team along with um, some of the help he has around them, around him in, in Wales. Like they don't have the most quality, and and that's what I was talking about with just this this uh, group not having the most quality as a whole. But mm-hmm. um, with Gareth Bale, you have players like um, Harry Wilson of Liverpool, and, and he's playing with Cardiff right now. Um, Joe Allen used to play for Liverpool, now plays with Stoke. Um, uh, just Joe Roden of, of Tottenham Hotspur, um, Ben Davies of Tottenham Hotspur. Both former Swansea players. Both, that's right, that's right. Um, and then we have Nico Williams, the yeah. right back um, of 
Liverpool behind Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, Ethan Ampadu with Sheffield United, um, Daniel James and Man United. So, like, these aren't the, pl- uh, you know, these aren't world beaters, certainly. Um, <laughs> and Aaron Ramsey, I, I can't believe I got Aaron Ramsey uh, of, of uh, Juventus. But, yeah, these aren't world beaters, but I think that this is a team that, that, that can pull, pull out wins, especially when those big players, you know, Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, have great games. Um, and when everyone else has a solid, you know, 7 out of 10 kind of game, yeah. they can pull a win out, right? When you have a player on the right wing or, or striker position is Gareth Bale that can pull a goal out of out of nothing, right? Oh, like that's yeah. that's a you know, a win waiting to happen if another team doesn't have a good game. Um, so I think that's what's gonna carry that's what's, that's what that's what's gonna carry Wales through this uh, the group stages. What do you think? You know, it's just I'm a little concerned and full disclosure, like it really hurt me putting Wales at the bottom of this group <laughs> as a Swansea supporter and two Swansea players in the squad. Big shout out to Connor Roberts and Ben Cabango, but it's. I just don't know where the goals are going to come from. If Gareth Bale decides to show up, and I feel like that's a big if. It's been a long season for Spurs for him. He has I scored wouldn't, some goals. He scored. Two, he definitely he's been in good form, but it's just more of those things like how much does he want it? Like the, I feel like even now, even more so, he has to carry Wales way more than he had to carry Spurs in Real Madrid. So, in considering his injury record and Aaron Ramsey, like, I love Aaron Ramsey. He's such a dynamic player, but both of them kind of glassmen in certain ways. So, mm-hmm. if both of them kind of struggle for fitness and teams playing low blocks against them, I, I just don't know if where they're going to find the goals. Now, if they play on the counter and just try to give space either for Daniel James who is so fast. It's yeah. incredible. So if they, can, <laughs> if they can find ways to spread the pitch and get the ball out wide, they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. My concern is they don't have a good goalkeeper. I don't really believe in Wayne Hennessy or um, I'm blanking, Danny Ward. Both of them don't really give me a lot of hope. Like, I, when was the last time Wayne Hennessy played for Palace? <laughs> and Danny <laughs> Ward also is, like, their choice at Leicester. So yeah. it's one of those things where... They don't get a lot of club games. They rotate during the squad anyway, so I, I, I don't know. I just I'm concerned that they're going to ship easy goals. They played okay against France this week. They had an unfair. Uh, Nico Williams had an unfair red card. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty harsh, but it's still. I I think they're going to struggle to find goals, and in a group of sh- with teams like Turkey and Italy, and honestly, I think. Switzerland can score some goals too. I I think they're going to really struggle. I think they're going to play for a lot of draws and just hope that they can get like the best third place spot. But I personally think they're the worst team in this group. Uh, and that leaves us with Switzerland, and I have them ranked in third. I see this as kind of like a end of the golden generation for them. They have kind of like the end of the road for a lot of big players like Jan Zummer in goal, Granit Xhaka, uh, Remo Froehler in midfield and then also Fabian Scher in defense, the Jordan Shakiri, Harris Safarovic up top. It's they have quality, but it's just kind of can they meld it all together? I think on paper they're definitely a better side than Wales, so that's why I have them ranked mm-hmm. up. I think they they can beat Wales, so therefore they'll be in third. <laughs> um I don't know if they can beat Turkey or Italy. So I think it's just gonna be one of those things where 
can Switzerland just grind out those really tough draws and get that win that'll see them through hopefully as one of the better third place sides what do you think so I, I think I was I, while you were talking I was trying to think why um, I initially you know saw Wales as the team that could you know beat Switzerland in this in this group and I kind of decided that it's because I can see the Welsh team being good at sitting back and, and mm-hmm. being on the break with those players where we have um, you know Gareth Bale and Ramsey Gareth Bale has 33 goals um, for the Welsh team, and Aaron Ramsey has 16, right? Those are uh, higher than most of the team, um, uh, the Swiss team, right? We have um, Jordan Shakiri at 23 with the most goals, um, Haris Seferovic at 21, yeah, and uh, Gavranovic at 14 of Dynamo Zagreb. And I don't see um, the Swiss team having the, the defensive strength and, and steel, um, that the Welsh team has, I, I, I just I don't know what it is about um, some of their you know Jan Sommer. I, I don't think he's the best goalkeeper. Um, Ooh, he's, I, he's a pretty good. <laughs> he, he does. He, he does. He does play. He, he plays pretty well for Munch and Gladbach. But um, the, the the times I've seen him play for for Switzerland, I just have not been um, impressed too much. And not just mm-hmm. generally with him, but with the entirety of their defense, the entirety of their steel. It just seems like their game plan. Is like they're just a less talented, good team. They okay. play that kind of possession kind of uh, game. They play. Um, they have a bunch of players that love to have the ball, the feet, um, love to be able to create those intricate passing and, and, and everything like that. But I don't think they're good enough at that to dominate enough of the good teams. And I think that um, doing that against the Welsh team is going to have them being hit on the break constantly and constantly. And I just I don't see what Kevin and Babu and uh, Emmanuel Akanji can do about about Gareth Bale cutting in on the right flank and, and hitting one into the top corner. Yeah. Um, but again, this is hot takes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I I live for it. I you know I feel like another thing that benefits the Swiss team is a, a lot of them play in and around the same division, and it also can be said for the Welsh team. Like a lot of them play either in the championship or in the Premier League, and those club ties, like being able to either play against each other a lot, or also, like, looking at the Swiss team, like Jan Zammer, Nico Alvedi, Dennis Zakaria, and Brio Mbolo all play for Borussia Mönchengladbach, mm-hmm. and they just have, they, like, they're in and around each other every day, essentially, during a regular season, so mm-hmm. they have these connections where if they're on the back line, they can speak to each other, so Zammer can tell Nico Alvedi, who probably be starting center back alongside Malo Kanji place for Dortmund and they, I feel like there's just going to be tight and they're not going to leak easy goals. Jan Zommer has a like a the propensity to kind of do some crazy Manuel Neuer thing but not pull it off so he mm-hmm. kind of has that crazy edge and definitely he'll give away a cheap goal here and now but mm-hmm. I, I don't know I just I just think that they're more sound team and they're more established in how many caps they have like all these like, if you just look at like how many players have over 30 caps in this squad for Switzerland it's it's a fair amount so yeah um I think that they have the experience to kind of go and this is kind of their last chance like I feel like this is kind of the end of their generation and they'll have to rebuild the squad from here so let's see if they can get out of the group all right on to group B Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia. That is how I rank them. And it is the same with me, too. Um, okay. I think this might be one of the 
I was gonna say before this, this might be the easiest group to um, order in, in in terms of their strength, manager, um, ability, player ability, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think it almost picks itself, yeah. to be honest. Like, no offense to um, Russia and, and Finland, but I I really think that the Russian team is is just weak. <laughs> um, for lack of a better way of saying it, they're a very weak team. Most of the players play in the Russian league, mm-hmm. which isn't a particularly strong league whatsoever. Yeah, not, not necessarily world beaters. Um, and um, th- their best player isn't even Russian, right? Mario Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's Brazilian. Um, happened to be playing in the Russian league and, and decided to change his citizenship um, and, 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 and play for the Russian team. But I don't think that this team has... Um, a lot of strength. They don't have a lot of world beaters. Um, as, and and, and co- even compared to a team like Finland, I think that Finland has players that are far and away better than any team, any player on the Russian team. But we'll go ahead and discuss it specifically. Yeah, so um, I agree. I just kind of like, we. I guess we can just knock out Russia right now. I Their best goal-scoring threat is Artem Dizuba, who scores... Like crazy in the Russian in the Russian league, <laughs> like he he's a very prolific striker, but a he just now is getting over like a sex tape scandal situation. Oh, what? So I did was, not know yeah, that. He was out of the he was out of the squad for like two years. Now he's back, similar to Cream Benzema, but he's back in. <laughs> yeah, he's also massive. He's like six six. So. Yeah. He hasn't really shown up on the international scale. Like he has 52 caps and 29 goals, which isn't terrible. But if for being like leading the line and being the main goal scoring threat, mm-hmm. that's kind of concerning when you're in the same group as Belgium. Yeah. Um. I think they're just going to play for set pieces and really just try to be as defensively solid as possible. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't really know what else to say. Like they have good midfielders. Like I like Alexei Moranchuk. I think he's good. Dennis Cheryshev plays for Valencia, very like. creative winger, shifty. They have good defenders. Um, you know, they could surprise people. I just, I think it would be very uncharacteristic, and I just think that um, they're just not going to do well. So, moving on up to the top, I mean, what, what do you, what, what's your favorite thing about Belgium? Like, what, what really sticks out for you? Um, I, I think this is going to be out of left field a little bit, but I love their manager, Roberto Martinez. Uh, <laughs> Roberto uh, Martinez. Me too. Um, Shout out to Swansea. Yeah, he coached Swansea. He coached Everton. Mm-hmm. Didn't do too hot at Everton, I'll be honest, but um, still had the same win rate as Carlo Ancelotti, so it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't bad. Um, <laughs> but I think he sets up this team very well. I think that out of all of the teams in this competition, this team knows each other the best. Yeah. Um, which you can see this as a, as a bad thing, I guess, because... This team is almost entirely unchanged from the last World Cup, where yeah. they were third place. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the players are the same. The formation is the same. The, the, the style of play is the same. Um, the only thing is that the players have gone a little bit older, um, a little bit better in some instances, and a little bit worse than others. <laughs> uh, um, but then they have just a, just unbelievable amount of talent all over the pitch, right? You have Romelu Lukaku at, up top, and I think you can have him in the conversation as one of the top five best strikers in the world right yeah, now. easily. Um, you have Eden Hazard, which, you know, admittedly, he has not had a very good 2020-2021, but he is still Eden Hazard and can still pull out magic at any time. Yeah. Um, and has 32 goals 
Um, you know, Romelu Lukaku has 60 in, in 93, which is unbelievable yeah. amount of goal return. One and three. Yeah. That's two and three. That's, yeah, God. it is. That's unbelievable, yeah, right? That's um, how I got my degree in history. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> and then you have uh, Dries Mertens, too, as well, playing forward. Um, so that forward line is just unbelievable. And then you go to the midfield, and it's the same, right? You have Kevin De Bruyne. You talked about him in the last episode, right? One of the best midfielders might be the best midfielder on the world right now. with his injury from the Champions League final, I mean, That's what, did he, what, he like broke his cheekbone or something like that? Like yeah, like to, something on his face, and now have, he, he wears a mask. To, yeah, he'll have to wear a mask, and um, I just think that... That could impact him. It, it's more of like a, I don't, it's not going to affect his mobility, but I think it's just going to be like a comfort thing. Like, Mental, you know, yeah. like, you're just so used to like having like the same routine, and then now he has to wear this weird object on his face yeah and be kind of conscious of like oh i have a broken cheek <laughs> I that's can't, true can't fall on that side that's i true. just think it might if there is like a weakness maybe he will be not at his prime mm-hmm. but that's not an excuse for belgium like they have so much quality that yeah. even if kevin de bruyne who is probably one of the best players in their squad doesn't have the best tournament they should be able to see this out like this i feel like this is their last chance to really you know, cement themselves as true contenders. Like, I feel like everybody's been like, oh, Belgium has this golden generation mm-hmm. with Thibaut Courtois, Toby Alderweireld, Jan Vertonghen, Kevin De Bruyne, Yuri Tielemans, Romelu Lukaku, Yana Carrasco, Eden Hazard, Dries Mertens, blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on and on. And all these players are just phenomenal. Yeah. But they don't win. Yeah. and But I, I will say, though, that, like, the last World Cup was their, like, first chance in winning. Yeah. And they did do well. They got third place. And I think that when you look at the world as a whole and all the teams that are in the World Cup, like, third is still really good. And, and since then, they've kept number one in the um, uh, rankings for the FIFA uh, yeah. best countries. Um, so I think that even without Kevin De Bruyne, they really have no excuses. Um, because they have players like Yuri Tielemans. They have in, in the midfield, Axel Witzel of uh, Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Um, uh, they have uh, Dennis Pryde of of, Le- of Leicester City. So, like you know, it, it it it's 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 difficult to play a competition with your best player not being one hundred percent. But I think that this team has the quality to win regardless. I think that I'm gonna be honest. This is my tournament favorite. Yeah. Um, Belgium. Um, I think that, and 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 I think that knowing that this is their last chance. It is gonna like light a fire under their butt, right? Like I think that um, compared to the French team that like has a lot of young players still that are world beaters as well, and they know that they have a few more competitions to go. This team knows that this is their last shot, right? When you have your defenders, Toby Toby Alderweireld, thirty-two, yeah. um, Thomas Vermeulen, thirty-five, which is wild that he I even got picked for this, but I digress on that. <laughs> um, uh, John Jan Vertonghen at thirty-four. Um, Axel Witzel at 32. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of players in this team are, are quite old. But I think that, you know, they have so much talent all over the pitch that it's going to be um, difficult to see them not topping this, this group. Yeah. And I'm also excited to see uh, they included Jeremy Doku from Rennes, the 19-year-old winger who had a really good season in Ligue 1. Um, he has eight caps and two goals, and like I said, he's 19, which is kind of crazy to think that somebody in 2002 is, is 19. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think that they have potential, like, to inject some youth into this kind of, like, aging side to have kind of a balance and also kind of shift games. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I'm rooting for Belgium unabashedly. I hope that they can pull this out. Like, I just want to see them win something. Mm-hmm. They're just such a good team. 
All right, Denmark. Denmark are probably dark horses. One of my favorite dark horses. Yeah. They are a really good team, and I just think that they just have such a good balance. Like they have an amazing goalkeeper in Casper Schmeichel, who like for all he's done at Leicester City is a legend. Like he is just a renowned shot stopper. He has such strong wrists. Like it's incredible the shots that he keeps out. Then going to defense, they have Joachim Anderson, Yannick Vestergaard, Simon Kerr, Joachim Mela, Andreas Christensen. Both, all of those are just solid defenders. Their midfield, Thomas Delaney and Pierre-Emil Hoiberg. I love his name. Yeah. <laughs> no bullshit yeah. center mids. They are just going to be tackling left and right, cleaning yeah. up. Like, I wouldn't want to be in midfield trying to go through them. Like, they're, they're very, very solid and up top, I mean, they have... Yusuf Christ- Poulsen? Yeah, you have Yusuf Poulsen, Christian Eriksen as a creator, and I feel like he, for all his dips in form at club level, is very, very good at being that playmaker at mm-hmm. the national team level. Yeah, I think this team is the best example of good but can be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't say any, m- many of their players are um, just unbelievable world beaters, other than maybe Christian Eriksen. Yeah. Um, but then you look around the pitch, around their team, and it's just players that can have an excellent game, an excellent tournament. You have, you mentioned Vestigard, he's like 6'7", right? This big mountain of a dude, like, great defender. Um, Pierre Mihoyberg, like, he doesn't take any shit in midfield. Um, you have Casper Doberg, too. He, um, striker for Nice, he did amazingly for uh, Ajax for quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Martin Braithwaite plays for Barcelona. I mean, he, <laughs> <laughs> he might not be the best best player on the Barcelona team, but he still plays for Barcelona. He still um, is picking up skills and, and abilities from there. Um, and uh, Andreas Skovolson has scored three goals in their qualification, and he only has six caps. Uh, they also have a 20-year-old forward in Mikkel Damsgaard who has two goals and three caps. Um, they have young attacking. And also, I want to give a shout-out to Robert Skov. He plays for Hoffenheim. Um, this is his first year in the Bundesliga. Has probably one of the best left foots in the tournament. Honestly, he's probably, if not better, at least the same at free kicks than Christian Eriksen. Like, he is just such a dead ball specialist. So when you have those two guys hitting dead balls, doing corners, and you have, like, Yannick Vestergaard, who is six, like a man mountain, yeah. I think they're going to be really dangerous from set pieces. So I think that's definitely... A positive and probably what will help them get pretty far in this tournament. All right, moving on to the last team, Finland. I think that they'll finish third. I um, they have a good goalkeeper in Lukas Radetzky, plays for Bayer Leverkusen. But after that, I mean, Glenn Kamara, who plays for Rangers, a really good center mid. But I mean, they have Timu Puki, who scores goals for fun. What a striker! <laughs> but I it just you know, I think they're better than Russia. But I don't think that they are gonna get terribly far. But you can convince so, me otherwise. Um, I think I think this team. What really made me put them above Russia and see them maybe doing something in this tournament is just that everybody wants them to. They're like the tournament underdog. They're the Norway of the <laughs> the, the last World Cup. Yeah. Um, the team that everyone just kind of is rooting for, and um, every game they're playing, they know that like. They are the underdog, and I think that kind of that tends to help teams, right? When you go yeah, into definitely. a game and you know that like not much is expected of you, um, and you still have that qu- kind of quality with um, 
you know, Timo Puki, he can score um, whenever and however he wants. And um, Lucas Radetzky, like, also a good go goalkeeper for Bayer Leverkusen. And they have a little bit of quality around the pitch. And I'm not going to say they are <laughs> the, the third best team on paper mm -hmm. in this group. But I do think that the fact that they know that they are the underdog here, the fact that um, there's this little bit of magic with them right now, just like we had with Norway in the last World Cup. So I think that they could really pull something out here and, and, and get a few wins on, on unsus unsuspecting teams. Um, but we'll see. We'll see once once it starts and we can see you know how, how they do. But I, I think that if there's a, a team that um, can like sneak into the round of 16 and uh, that no one expects, it's them. It's um, Yeah, it's Finland. All right. So now moving on to Group C. Uh, the teams that I have in my order are the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. All right, I think I think here we're gonna Ooh. we're gonna <laughs> this, we're gonna have some intense discussion here because um, I have my order as Ukraine first, Austria second, um, Netherlands third, and North Macedonia fourth. And I think and I and I, and I know why you reacted that way Ooh. was because I have Netherlands a third. Um, but we can go ahead and discuss right that right now if you want to. Um. <laughs> in, in your defense, Frank DeBoer is their coach. And exactly. I, and I've exactly. never seen somebody fail upward as well as him. Unbelievable. <laughs> that man can just, that man does horribly, and yet he is picked for the, like the, a better team time and time again. Yeah. Um, and I think that he's going to ruin their chances. I think that before, um, if you'd asked me about this, about the Euros a year ago, I would have said Netherlands was my top choice 100%. Yeah. For winning this. Like, no, no question, no question. Um, and then you saw um, uh, Virgil van Dijk of Liverpool get injured. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Their best player, best defender, best center defender in the entire world. Yeah. Um, you saw uh, Donny van de Beek get injured last game. Um, Jasper Silicon, their goalkeeper, best goalkeeper, got injured with. Not he's not injured. He has COVID. Um, and and then you have a manager like Frank de Boer, who was put in after um, Ronald Coleman left. Right. right, and all of a sudden this team looks completely different. The prospects look completely different, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie that this team has a lot of quality. Um, probably the most quality in this entire group. Well, definitely the most quality in this entire group. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that those intangibles, with like on the one hand, the players don't trust him as a manager. I've heard a lot of news coming from yeah. the, the group that a lot of these a lot of these players don't see him as a good pick for for their manager. And when you have a group that does not trust in their leader i think that it really um it heightens the risk of failure um when you don't when you don't trust your manager you don't trust his tactics you don't trust his ability it's difficult to go out on the pitch and, and play your heart out right so right. i think that regardless of their quality right and it's all over the pitch right you have daily blend uh, defending you have uh weghorst great striker from Wolf wolfsburg just getting his first shot frankie de Jong, one of the best midfielders in the world um, Jorginho Wijnaldum, you know how I love him as a local fan. <laughs> Matthias um, Delict, so many, so much, so much, so much talent. But and Memphis Depay, I feel like that's why Memphis has been on top of his form, both for Lyon and also the national team. I think he's finally shaked off the jitters from Manchester United. Mm -hmm. I, in your defense, like I can easily see Ukraine and Austria weeping them. I just think that. If they can sort out, if Tim Krul plays well in goal and Memphis shows up and is the magician that he can be and Jeannie Wijnaldum and Frankie de Jong boss the midfield like I know that they can, 
I think they can grind out some wins in this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely can beat North Macedonia. I think they can on their day can beat Austria. I think uh, watching them play Ukraine will be a very, is going to be one of the games of the group stages for sure. I yeah I I would not be surprised that this hot take comes true. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just had a hard time picking against the orange, but um, I can definitely see it. So moving on, do you want to talk about Ukraine? Yeah, um, I think that this Ukraine team is um, the other um, dark horses competition. Um, I think it's all going to really rest on the shoulders uh, so- <laughs> shoulders of Alexander Zinchenko of Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, in Man City, he plays as a, as a left back, um, and he does pretty well. Uh, he does pretty well there, and has managed to keep starting position for quite a few games this season. Yeah. Um, but for Ukraine, he is their best player and plays as a center mid here, mm-hmm. and um, their midfield is really what, what's going to be. Um, what, what, what carries them through this competition. Um, and as well as strikers like Andre Yamerlenko of West Ham. Um, so they have they have a little bit of talent around the pitch, and, and I think that it's, it's, it's going to really carry them. And I think that their status as a dark horse um, and that strength of their midfield is really going to be um, how they get through this competition. Yeah, I, they, they have a really good goalkeeper, and Andre Payatov is still going to be in goal, and he's been their goalkeeper for years. He's their captain. Like you said, um, Zinchenko plays in the midfield for them. He's honestly a pretty good midfielder. It just mm-hmm. shows that like how much quality Man City have. I think that Ruslan Malinovsky is going to be one of the players of the team yep, or the Malinovsky. tournament in the midfield. He played such. He was such a crucial part of Atalanta's team this year, finishing I think second or third in mm-hmm. Serie A. Um, he's, a, he's an amazing midfielder. If they can get goals from Yarmolenko, who is old and kind of slow now. But also, I think they're going to look more on Roman Yaramchuk, who plays for Ghent. He scores a lot of goals in the Belgian league, but you know we can say what we can about the Belgian league. I, I don't. It hasn't translated to the national team just yet, but mm-hmm. the potential is there. And they just a lot of these teams, a lot of these players either play for Shakhtar Donetsk or Dynamo Kiev, and <laughs> they just have that connection. Yeah, uh, they know each other. They're Brazilian. Marlos, really good player, mm-hmm. one of the best players with gray hair you'll ever see um he he is such a shifty midfielder plays more out on the wing though and i i just think that they're going to be a very very solid team they have a lot of experience and they've brought in young players slowly so they can kind of mesh with the already established players in the squad i i really think that ukraine can go far kind of on the flip side i had a really hard time picking between austria and ukraine Mm-hmm. When I decided to do Ukraine ahead of Austria, it was just because I really don't know who's going to play in goal for Austria out of Alex Schlager, Pavel Pervan, and Daniel Bachmann. None of those names really give me a lot of confidence. But outside of that, I mean, they have really good defenders in Dragovic, Hinteregger, and Stefan Posh. They still have Stefan Ilschstanker. Marko Nautovic still plays. David Alaba. It'll be interesting to see where they line him up. I think, I think he'll he probably plays, play mid. Yeah, rather than midfield. Even, like, ringer for them sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it just shows <laughs> that how, A, how good he is as a player, but also just kind of how versatile he is. Yeah. They still have a lot of attacking prowess with kind of attacking mids with, like, Christoph Baumgartner, Kareem Onesivo, Stefan Leiner. And, and Conrad Leimer as well. Who's Conrad like, Leimer is yeah. an amazing kind of CDM, just sit back and just direct the play. Great for Leipzig. 
I'm really excited to see how Sasha Kalajic plays mm-hmm. the young striker from Stuttgart. He is like six seven or six eight. He's so tall and lanky, but yeah. he's actually you know the cliche. Uh, he's a he's a big man that's good with his feet. Yeah. Um, but he scores a lot of headers too. He's he's surprisingly quick for how tall he is. I think he's going to be one of the better forwards in this group. And three goals and seven caps for the national team is not a bad return. And he's only twenty three. Has a lot of room to grow. Not physically, but... Um, <laughs> Maybe physically, I mean... That, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. Wow. But yeah, I just think that they're going to be a really shifty team, and even though I picked them third in my group, I think they're one of the better third-place teams, quote-unquote, so I think they'll still get through to the knockout stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they have the potential to at least maybe get to the round of 16 mm-hmm. and out of it. Yeah. Um, and then, last, we have North Macedonia, Macedonia, which I'm, I don't think we need to discuss too much. Um, why we put place them as the fourth place team here, but um, I just there's not there's not a lot of talent in this team. Um, the only player I I, I, re- I really recognize I know it's not the best to use that as my sole determinant, but it's um, Goran Pandev. Um, but he's that's, still playing. He's still playing. At 37. Um, 37 goals. <laughs> 37. 37 years old. 37 goals. 119 caps. Um, he's their best player, I think, and you know he might be able to pull something out for them, but. They have players like uh, Alioski of um, Leeds, mm-hmm. who was also pretty good for for them, and, and played had a, a great season with Leeds. Um, and Stole Dmitrievsky yeah. for Rayo Vallecano was a pretty good keeper. Ennis Bardhi is a really really good midfielder, kind of plays out on the flanks. Also a very good dead ball specialist, plays for Levante and La Liga. But and Elif Al- Almas as well. Oh yeah, Elif yeah, Almas for Napoli, mm-hmm. also a very good young. Midfielder, so I mean, they have talent. It'll just kind of like, can they meld it together? They they don't really have a striker. I'm blanking on the name, but I feel like their main goal scoring threat kind of got hurt. So they, I think they're probably going to play Goran Pandev up top, and he's 37. He'll probably have to play more of a false nine, and they're just. I think they're going to have to be very measured counterattacking side, which in some groups would be okay, but I just don't really see them kind of getting out of this group comfortably. Uh, big big props to them qualifying though. I mean, yeah, they beat I think they beat Iceland in the final for mm-hmm. the whole like qualification. So um, they have talent to do that. So potentially they have room to grow in the tournament, but we'll see. All right, now Group D, everyone's favorite because it is is it's the crazy is football coming home? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we got I hope I, so. I, I have it: England, Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland. Um, so I have England, Scotland, Croatia, Ooh. the Czech Republic, and I'll I'll be honest here. Um, my placing of Scotland is definitely, definitely because of my bias. <laughs> my bias, <laughs> because Andrew Robertson. Yeah, my bias, liberal fan for Andrew Robertson, and I think that him and Kieran Tierney are gonna left back this competition up, and <laughs> you know with the double left back system they have, um, and I think that they could really do something here in this competition. I, and I think that especially because they're in the same um, group as England. Um, and in this group, them and England are traveling the least. That's um, true. That which is, is a, a, a big, big consideration here as well. Um, Croatia and the Czech Republic are going to be doing a lot of traveling here and coming up to the British Isles. So I think them knowing that they're home um, and them facing teams that um, they're used to facing in England and knowing a lot of those players, I think that they can really pull something out of this competition. Um, now, granted, I'm going to say that I think that if – Scotland does do very well. It probably means that England did not do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this 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 group ordering is kind of my best case scenario as an English fan 
as an England fan, as a as a um, Andrew Robertson fan. Um, but you know, this this is what I hope happens. I'm not sure if this will happen. Definitely, but um, I think the English English squad and the Scottish squad kind of have what it takes to pull this um, first and second place here, especially because Croatia is kind of aging a little bit. Um, the best player in the Croatia squad. Um, Luka Modric. Luka Modric. Yeah, won the like Ballon d'Or. Yeah, he's old, very, very old man now. Um, he's been doing doing very well in in, in in Real Madrid, but I think that's also partly because he is playing for Real Madrid. Um, when you're surrounded by, you know, the Croatia squad, it's a little different than being surrounded by the world beaters of Real Madrid, and I think that can yeah. have an effect on his um, abilities and talent in this competition. But what do you think? I guess quickly to touch on Scotland, I think that they have a good, reliable keeper in David Marshall. Uh, like you said, Andrew Robertson is such a phenomenal player. He'll Best be left back in the world. Definitely left there. <laughs> uh, and I think they're going to play Kieran Tierney probably more as a center back because, I mean, he's not going to get the team above Andrew Robertson, but they need him to. So. And he's honestly, for Arsenal, he's probably their best defender yeah. um, for a pretty lackluster Arsenal side this year. So uh, John McGinn is such an incredible midfielder. I think he'll do well. John Fleck has a shout. I, I think where they're they're also going to struggle for goals. Um, I'm excited to see that Che Adams declared for Scotland yeah. and then got some time to play. I think he's probably their best forward option. Definitely, um, yeah. We'll we'll just have to see. Like I just, I mean, looking at their their squad, the most goals are from John McGinn with ten, and he's a midfielder. Yeah. So so I see a lot of zeros on this list. Um, yeah. That's not necessarily. Doesn't necessarily speak volumes for like how they'll play in that tournament because I think they're going to be more of the defensive guys and try to flip on the counter with Ryan Fraser and um, players like that. But still, it's just kind of one of those things where they don't give me a lot of hope. Yeah, and like you said, like I I'm a little biased. Uh, my family's Croatian on my mother's side, so whenever they made it to the World Cup final, I was very very excited. I think that they're I still think they're a very very good team. They finally have switched over to Dominic Livakovic as their goalkeeper, for, and he plays for Dinamo Zagreb, but probably not much longer. Like He is definitely a solid keeper. Shime Verselko just won La Liga with mm-hmm. Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Duya Kaletic Char. Dejan Lovren, former <laughs> Liverpool player. Yeah, Dejan. Mateo Kovacic just won the Champions League with Chelsea. Luka Modric still out. Marcelo Brozovic. I mean, the list goes on and on. Nikola Vlasic is playing phenomenally well for CSK Moscow. Um, Ante Rebic, also a good forward for AC Milan. I mean, you just kind of look down the list, and it's just these players give me a lot of hope. They still have Domago Vida as a defender as well, and he was big to their, like, title. Or World Cup campaign, um, yeah. runners-up campaign. So it, it is a good team, and, and, and looking down the list, you do see a lot of good players. I just think that um, I'm I'm a I'm a fan that also tends to think of narratives um, and how they play into like where a team places in a competition. And I think that them knowing that they were second place in the World Cup, and even with their manager Zlatko Dalic saying he's the second best manager in the world, <laughs> those kinds of things kind of build up the pressure. Like a lot, and and I think that that tends to um, lead to worse, you know, turnouts and competitions and, and, and the like. So, I think that with the, the you know the amount of players and good players in the squad, I, I still think that the heights that they've set from the World Cup mm-hmm. um, are going to make it a lot dif- a lot more difficult to kind of play in a carefree manner and just play their game. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that knowing that their best players are so old and have to do so much running and carrying of the squad with the passing and everything, it, it, it makes it a lot less likely for them to, 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 to go on, according, you know, to, just for me. Okay. Um, so we'll see. We'll see once, once, once this group gets going. But I think that this might be the group that really has a, a couple of surprises. Because, um, you know, looking at England, too, like England, um, we both have them as number two. But I can equally see them, you know, flaming out of this competition, right? Um, wow. So many of their players have gotten injured and withdrew, withdrawn. Um, you have Mason Greenwood withdrew with an injury. Trent played one game, withdrew, and uh, played one friendly and then withdrew and was replaced by Ben White. Um, Jordan Henderson is injured. Um, I, I I really feel they're going to rush him out too. And I exactly. just, he did not look good the last he's not friendly fit. they played. He's not fit. Oh, um, and then you have Harry Maguire who's not fit either. Also not fit. And you can, you can see that he's not fit because um, Trent was replaced by Ben White, a center back. Yeah. Right? They wouldn't do that if, 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 if he was, if Harry Maguire wasn't injured still. Um, and then you look at Marcus Rashford, also a very good left winger and striker. He is also carrying a spinal injury. Um, he's been taking uh, painkillers pain to play in the last few games of the competition in um, English Premier League. So there's just a lot of question marks around this team. And I think that um, they're either going to be very, very good or very, very bad. Um, especially <laughs> if you see like someone like Harry Kane not having a good competition. Right? Yeah. Um, and then suddenly they're relying on Dominic Calvert Lewin who's Hey, put DCL in. No, he's he's a great he's a great he's a great striker, but he has nine caps for the English national yeah, that's team. Fair. Um he's never played in a competition like this. And you're relying on someone like Jane Sancho with nineteen caps as well, who's a great, great, great player, but experience matters. And and when you look at their, their squad list, the players a lot of the players with the most experience either aren't some of their best players or mm-hmm. they're injured and carrying injuries currently. Um, so I think that that's what we're going to really see as a big factor here is just how they manage those injuries and how they set up the team, um, how um, Southgate sets up the team, knowing that there's those injuries, right? Who is going to do the running if Jordan Henderson can't play, right? right? Who is going to hold up the ball very well if, if, if Kane can't play very well? Um, so I think those are just a lot of question marks for this team, but um, I still think that they're my favorites. Ooh. I, I want them to win. Maybe not favorites as in... If someone asked me for like a hundred bucks, who's who's gonna win this competition? But if someone asked me who I want to win this competition, I would say it's definitely the English national team. All right, fair enough. I think the last thing that I'll say because I just feel like you pretty much summed up how I feel about England. If they don't play Jack Grealish, they're fucked. Oops, sorry. But I mean, it's just like <laughs> if they don't play Jack Grealish, they're fucked. No, you're right. You're I, right, man. He is just that <laughs> dynamic. Like their their midfield is just not exciting. Like he, he is just like. If you watch the last game that they played, like he was getting kicked around, and he just got up and he would just get in their face and be like, "What are you gonna do about it? Like, stop fouling me! Like, obviously I'm so much better than you. Like, that's why you have to do this." Like, and yeah. none of those other players. Like, I think Mason Mount is a great player, but I mean, just Jack Grealish just has that if factor. He's the most fouled player in the Premier League for a reason. I think he's just been shafted by the national team for so long. He shouldn't only have seven appearances. No, he definitely him. is probably one of their better players and yeah. only has seven caps. I think that if Gareth Southgate overthinks this, doesn't play Jack Grealish, they're definitely going to struggle. So Agreed. Definitely agree. All right. And then lastly, the Czech Republic, I, you know, I just feel like they're kind of like a mid-table team yeah. in this tournament. Uh, they have a good goalkeeper in Gigi Pavlinka, but he just got relegated with Werder Bremen, but that's not necessarily his fault. His defense is pretty trash. They have a really good midfielder in Tomasz Suchek, 
I really like him. I rate him a lot. He scores a lot of goals for West Ham for being just kind of like a tall, lanky dude that runs around. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a really good wingback in Pavel Kadrzabek, but he's kind of getting up there in age. I, just kind of looking at the list, I mean, they're going to probably rely on Patrick Schick for a lot of goals, and he is a pretty hot and cold player, mm-hmm. both at club and international level. So I think it's one of those things where a lot of these guys play for either Slavia Prague or Victoria Pilsen in the Czech league so it's just kind of like do they can they rely on playing yeah. with each other at club level and also translating that into international success I don't know I think they're one of the better third place teams but uh, still leaves a lot to be desired well, I, I have I have really like only really one thing to say about the Czech Republic team and it's that um, when outside of Patrick Schick you're looking at a player like um, what's his name uh, Matej Vidra yeah. Of of Burnley for goals. <laughs> I don't think that you have a lot of chances competition. I'm not 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 to come for, for Burnley or Burnley players, but yes, I'm coming for Burnley and Burnley players here. I think that if you're relying on a Burnley Burnley level striker, I don't think that your team has a lot of chance at going further in a competition. But, you know, maybe they're gonna make me eat my words <laughs> um, in a few weeks, but um I, I just I don't see this Czech Republic squad doing too much. I mean they have players like Vladimir Durida of, of Hertha Berlin and, and, and um, Thomas Suchek too. He's, he's a good player um, of, uh, of West Ham. But other than that, I, I, I don't see a lot of, a lot of um, ability in the squad. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see, though. We'll see. I think that regardless, they're going to be a fun team to play against. Um, it's going to be fun, fun to see them playing against a team like England and, and the mm-hmm. like. But, um, yeah. All right. So, group... E, I have them listed as Spain, Sweden, Poland, and Slovakia. We are very similar. Very similar. Um, but I, I did put I did put um, Poland above Sweden um, in my in my ranking here. We can, we can um, get into that. I I you know Poland. Eh, I, it's just one of those teams where Lewandowski, man. Okay, yeah, they have the best striker in the world, in my opinion. Like I just think Robert Lewandowski. I, he is just a machine. It's unreal the amount of goals he scores for Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has 66 goals and 119 caps for Poland. That's a good return. They have Wojciech Szczesny in goal. They have good defenders. They have really, really good midfield if you really think about it. Like, they have Piotr Zielinski, who is very good for Napoli. Mateusz Klik had a very good season with Leeds this year. I, you know, like, I think they have potential to kind of surprise some people, but if they just replaced their manager because Robert Lewandowski was not vibing with the other guy. <laughs> so I, I think it's more of like, can they provide him with good enough service? Because it, it is going to be one of those things where it's like, can we get it to Robert? Robert. Yeah. And if we can't, they're, they're going to struggle. So I think that... And they're definitely weaker now. Mm-hmm. Um, they've lost a, a quite a few players. Um, uh, Christoph Piatek couldn't play. He's injured. Arcadius Milik also withdrew, exactly. and he is their backup striker. So, so now everything really is relying solely on Robert Lewandowski because they have instead David Kovnacki, uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf, who plays in the second division of Germany, oh. <laughs> and Jakub Zwierzchok. I don't think I pronounced that right. Plays for P.S. Galitski yeah. in Poland. So I think <laughs> you know, if Robert gets hurt, it's it. It's it. I mean, he yeah. he did get hurt for Bayern this year. But he, he, re- he rebounded. I mean, he set the record for mm-hmm. goals in a Bundesliga season. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still, like, 
it's been it's been a long season for players because it was such a short truncated one. I, I just don't see them progressing that far when they have tougher teams like Spain and Sweden ahead of them. I think I think yeah. Sweden are a really good squad. Um, moving up, like they have a good keeper in Robin Olsen, but I mean I really really rate Alexander Isak as their striker. He's a good player. He's a good player. Very good player. But I think they're gonna miss um, Zlatan. I think they're gonna miss Zlatan too, but I think. It felt weird that they recalled him. I think that they tried to move on from Zlatan. Then he had that re- renaissance year at AC Milan this year. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, crap, we got to bring Zlatan back. And then he got hurt. And then they are like, well, okay, I guess maybe not. <laughs> I, the only thing I'm concerned is, like, their defense is either old or slow. <laughs> Victor I mean, Lindelof is the best. their best defender. Yeah. And I, I feel like he gets a lot of crap at Man United. I think he is better than a lot of people give him credit for, but I mean, he's their best defender and that's kind of concerning when you're going against Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, but Emil Forsberg is a phenomenal midfielder. So is Alban Ekdal. He's been good for so long. Marcus Berg scores for fun. Dejan Kulisevsky, young guy from Juventus, looks really good on his day. It's just kind of like, can he show up? Christopher Olsen also is a very good midfielder plays for Krasnodar in the Russian League. I, I, I want, I'm excited to see them play together as a unit. I think they can easily and comfortably get second in this group. I just think that the the good the few good players that Poland does have just kind of beat the good players that Sweden has um, for quality. Um, I think they have a similar amount of like um, great players in both teams, but um, when you look at the best player, um, the Polish team, it's um, Robert Lewandowski that can just take a game by the scruff of his neck, mm-hmm. and whether or not his team is playing well, he could score a hat trick and win the game. Um, and you compare that to the Swedish team, where you have a player like uh, Izak. He, he's a good, he's a good striker, but like I, I don't think that he really can compare to Lewandowski. And uh, as far as quality goes, he's 21 years old only, and I just don't think that he has that ability yet. Um, and I mean, they have Marcus Berg as well of Krasnodar. He's, he's a good striker, scored 24 for them, their highest scorer in the team this year. But I, I just don't think they have enough quality around the pitch um, the same way that Poland does. But again, we will see. Yeah. Um, it, it should be excellent, fun games regardless. Um, um, I want to get into Spain. Spain. Maybe not necessarily this. Okay, this is probably my biggest hot take. I think. Alvaro Morata will have a good tournament. Oh, wow. That, that's a hot take. <laughs> I think he needs to. Yeah. I think this is his last shot. Like, I think he's going to start over Gerard Moreno, which I don't think is wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like he has kind of something to prove. As just he hasn't played that well for Juventus. He missed a lot of good chances in their buildup, but I just think that's... Their fans even said they had a song that was like, Alvaro Morata, you suck. Yeah. So it's just I, kind of like, I think he's going to, I think he he has to. Like, I think he has to show up or he's, it's going to be kind of like Diego Costa. Like, he's just not going to get a chance again. Like, they have better strikers yeah. up and coming. And I just think that he has something to prove. So I really think that he'll have a good tournament. So I, I disagree with that. Um, I, I agree with the fact that he has to have a good, good tournament here. I think that... It is his last chance, right? He has played for uh, the Spanish national team for 40, 40 times now, um, 19 goals, which is it's not bad. You know, it's, it's one and two. Um, but I don't think that he has that mental fortitude to um, play well despite chance like 
Alvaro Morata, you suck from his own fans. <laughs> um, I think that some players feed off of that and play better when the pressure is higher and mm-hmm. when they have to perform. But I think that Alvaro Mar- Morata is the complete opposite. <laughs> um, he can play well in a friendly match. He can play well in a game that doesn't really matter for the grand scheme of the division. But when it comes time to winning a, a finals, winning a tournament, he just does not tend to show up too much and, and, and tends to miss a lot of easy chances and the like. But, um, again, he is playing for the Spanish national team here. And he has some of the best players who can provide assists directly to him constantly. Right? He has Thiago, um, center mid. He has... Um, uh, Rodri in there as well. Pedri. Um, Pedri. Almo. Um, Pablo Sarabia. Um, I, you know, <laughs> just players all over the pitch that, that, that have a lot of quality and a lot of passing ability. So he could surprise us and, and you know, be the, the top scorer in this competition. Because I, I can't see that. Um, but I, I just, I don't think that's, there's a high likelihood of that happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that this Spanish national team should be one of the most fun teams to watch. Um, there's so much quality around the pitch, and they're not the Spain of, of old where they had one way of playing, and it was, you know, tiki-taka everywhere, every time, every place, yeah. and every single, you know, way. Um, this team can play direct, right? You have someone like Adama Traore, who's included in the squad, um, right wing, the, the fastest player in the world football, and, and, and strongest, and, and, and looks like a bodybuilder, but... Player um, that uses the most baby oil. In the the most baby oil on his arms, yeah. So I think that this team like can surprise people in this competition, and um, you know they, they normally are looked at as favorites, but they aren't in this competition in this this time. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be a boon for them. I think that not having all that pressure on them and um, people looking at this as a transitionary period for them um, could be what's needed for them to do excellently in this competition. So yeah, and I think you know I think it was right to move past Sergio Ramos. Uh, even though he was the captain, like they still have Sergio Busquets in the team, but I think their defense is young and good and quick. So I feel like it With was. Dimeric Laporte's too. Yeah, I know he, <laughs> he declared so. The Frenchman immediately got put into the squad. So good for him. I I think they have a lot of quality. Um, I think they they have a good mix of young youth and experience. So I think that beyond maybe like who starts in goal this will be a good game because I think it'll be down between David De Gea and Unai Simon and I really think Simon probably deserves it more than David De Gea but I mean David De Gea plays for Man U so yeah we'll just see all right do you want to talk about Slovakia briefly I think that you know no offense but I just I just don't see them progressing out of this group they have some good players like Martin Dubravska is good uh is good but I mean their biggest goal threat is their all-time record caps holder Marek Hemšík, who moved from China to Sweden just to get match fit, yeah. so he could make the squad. But he has 26 goals in 126 games, and he's a midfielder. Yeah. So, so I, I I agree with you. I don't think there's a lot of chance for them moving on from here. Um, they do have some, um, you know, talent. You know, you, you mentioned Martin Dubravka. He's a great, great, great goalkeeper for Newcastle. Um, Merrick Hamzik, the, the coolest looking player <laughs> with his uh, l- with his lovely um, uh, Fohawk almost Fohawk, yeah. yeah I love it and then you have um, defenders as well uh, what's his name uh, Milan Skriniar of yeah. uh, Inter Milan um, so there is quality in this team Labotka of uh, Napoli there's quality but I, I, I just there's not enough <laughs> there's not enough of it um, so I think that 
they should probably fit them out of this competition with maybe one win. Um, I think they'd be lucky with one. Yeah, I think um, so too. Especially in this group. So. All right, and now to the group of death. Uh, poor Hungary. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that's 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 a great great way to put the, it. The group group F: Portugal, France, Germany, and Hungary. Is that how you have it? Oh, so I think that we you know we have a lot of similarities here. Um, surprisingly, I think a lot of people are going to be very surprised with our our rankings as well, though. Um, that we don't have France as number one. Yeah, France are the reigning World Cup champs. Mm-hmm. Um, Portugal, the reigning Euro uh, Euro champs. Um, and Germany is Germany, right? So this team is is th- this this group is just unbelievably stacked, and I I really do agree. Poor Hungary, because <laughs> that is just imagine making you know making the the Euros, and then all of a sudden it's you like get stuck in that group. <laughs> this is your group. Yeah. You're not going out. You know, you're not. There's no chance. I if if Hungary moves on to the next round of this competition, I will donate ten thousand dollars to <laughs> any organization anyone wants <laughs> because that's how much Uh-oh. i don't think that hungary okay maybe i should i should yeah no, 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 no. <laughs> i don't think we can edit that one out that one's gonna yeah. have to stick i mean to give them the airtime they deserve uh hungary have peter galachi and goal rb leipzig keeper he's good Vili orban also plays for leipzig is their best defender they have probably one of the best young players um in the in the tournament dominic chavoslai but he just withdrew, so just yeah, hitting. got injured. Yeah, so I, I I don't see a lot of chance for them to really do much. Um, they have Adam Salai of uh, of Mines, and he, he's 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 a good midfielder. Um, mm-hmm. Just forward, I mean, he's a good forward, but he's he's thirty three as well. Um, there's just not a lot of talent in this squad. Um, as soon as uh, Spot Salai dropped out, I really lost all hope for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess they have Willie Orban, who's a, a good good center back at, um, at Leipzig, um, and Gulakshi as well. But that's that's really it. There's not a lot of names in this squad that um, can bring that level of quality that they really need. Um, I don't even see them being good at counterattacking here. There's not a lot of hold-up ability. There's not a lot of passing ability here as well. So it, they would be lucky to get one win or one goal out of this group. I, I agree. I um, think that... You know their forward options. They they have Rowan Sulai from Freiburg, like you said, Adam Shalai. I yeah, I just think it's going to be goals are going to be hard to come by, and they're not going to get a lot of chances. I mean, yeah. they'll have like like everybody says, like they'll have like the chance at the end of the game, but outside of that, I just don't think that they have a lot to offer, which is unfortunate because they're probably one of the better, I guess, lower rung teams mm-hmm. in the tournament. All right, who do you want to talk about next? I, I think that we need to explain <laughs> why we don't have France as number one. Because um, France is an unbelievable squad, right? They are stacked from manager to third string goalkeeper to every single position. It's just a stacked team, right? They have Didier Deschamps, right? He's won everything there is to win as a player and as a manager. Um, goal, their goalkeeper position stacked as well with mm-hmm. Hugo Lloris. Uh, Mike Magnan of uh, of Lille just won the the, the French league, um, and and Steve Mandanda is also a great great player to have um, in the squad uh, of Marseille. Great goalkeeper as well. Um, you look at the defense and it's just just unbelievable names everywhere. Longley, uh, Rafael Varane, uh, Presno Kimpembe, Benjamin Pavard. Um, just a lot of talent all over the pitch. Luca Digne of left back mm-hmm. from from Everton. Right, this team is just unbelievable. But I think that 
the fact that they are an unbelievable team and the fact that so many have them as the tournament winners is going to do horrible for for their ability here like they're they're, they're going to know in every single game that every single player every single fan on earth expects them to win yeah um and i think that amount of pressure tends to um really affect players right you saw germany win the world cup and then the very next world cup flamed out in the group stages yeah you saw spain do the exact same thing in an even worse way right um most teams like struggle to consistently win like this and i think that um even pogba you know said it perfectly he said we are a playstation team and we have to consistently win to become a great team um yeah i mean the, in kind of to, to build off of that point i just think that especially with kareem benzema even though he just got recalled like he picked up a knack in the last game so i they're gonna have to rely on olivier Giroud, who like i mean is a quality striker it's mm-hmm. just he's old not as mobile as he once was as a, as leading the line and i just don't know how they fit in all their attacking power like they have antoine griezmann they have Kylian mbappe they have usman dembele they have marcos turam they have kingsley coman but how do they fit them all into one squad yeah and, and I, how do you get the best out of all of them when they a lot of them play the same positions want to same in the same area and in midfield, you have Paul Pogba, you have N'Golo Kante, Adrian Rabio, Coenton Doliso, but like, how do you fit them all together and get the best out of them? Especially when Kante, if he ever struggles, it's always at the national team level. Mm-hmm. So, I, I just think it's almost like they have too much quality mm-hmm. with the potential to overthink getting the best squad on the pitch. Yeah, and I, 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 I think that one of their, their biggest weaknesses is um, that midfield. Um, other than, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Conte, other than Conte, um, I think that midfield is, tends to be players you want to push forward. Yeah. Um, and you can't have a team where you have one player sitting back and then everyone is just attacking, attacking, attacking. You can't have the right back pushing up. You can't have the left back pushing up. Um, strikers not coming backwards in defense and midfielders pushing up as well. And, I think that they're really, really going to struggle um, on the counterattack, um, and I think that uh, Portugal is a team that excels on the counterattack. I think that that is the way they play is on the counterattack, and then you have player a, a team like Germany also, and you know they are the inventors of the the quick counter, right? right? Um, every player in the Portuguese Portuguese team and in, in the German team understand that they will sit back against France, let them come at them. Right when you allow a team like France with so much pace to sit back and you sit back against them, there's no pace in behind to run into. Um, and on the flip side, while they're on your side of the pitch, you win the ball back. And if you're Portugal, you have players like Ronaldo, uh, Diogo Jota, just sprinting upwards immediately. Right, or you have a German team with Leroy Sané, um, players like that just going up top immediately right there's nothing you can do about that yeah um and i think they're going to be consistently hit on the counter and i think that if we see france um not get first or second in this in this group it's going to be because of their weakness on the counter because you cannot have a player like conte stopping every single attack yeah right you, you just can't he's a great 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 center mid and center defensive mid but he cannot handle four or five players streaming into his um, area in at the same period of time in the same space of three four seconds right yeah absolutely um i think that's probably the best to leave france i, I just think that you know 
like you said, they're just probably a little too overhyped going into this tournament, mm-hmm. and, and they're in the group of death. And I just think that Portugal are a better, well-rounded team. And honestly, like you, like you rated, like this could be a rebound for Germany. I kind of want to talk about Germany before we finish with Portugal. Mm-hmm. I obviously I love Dimanchast. I just think they're they're such a classic team. They're such a good team usually. They had their weird transition stage where they got rid of, like, forcibly retiring Matt Hummels <laughs> and Thomas Muller. That real clearly aged well because now they're both back in the squad. <laughs> clearly. This is Yogi Love's last tournament before they move over to Hansi Flick as their coach. The Outside of, like, Matt Hummels, like, their best defender in form right now is Antonio Rudiger, maybe Matthias Ginter, but it's just kind of like, well, that's who they got. Their midfield stacked, honestly. I mean, they have Tony Cruz, Serge Gnabry, uh, Leon Goretzka's had a phenomenal season. Leroy Sané's going to play probably midfield. Ilkay Gundogan. But and don't forget the best center mid in the world and right back. Yeah, I Joshua Kimmich. Yeah, like, I just think that. How do you get all of them into the same midfield? Yeah, because I mean, their forward line they're going to have Thomas Muller, and Kai Havertz has been playing well for the national team as well. But like, and Timo Werner. There's a lot of question marks for sure. About it's just the starting it's, it's just like who's going to play where, and is that going to be the best way they for can set them to set up? I mean, Melo Neuer's had his moments of laps, like just concentration laps this year. He's I, he's one of the better keepers, but I don't know if he's the best keeper in the world anymore. He's 35 now. He's kind of getting up there. Um, they don't have Mark Andre Ter Stegen because he's hurt. So outside of Melo Neuer, they, I mean maybe Kevin Trapp. Would be a good Burton Leno. Put some respect on Burton Leno. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But um, yeah, I just think that you know they're probably going to struggle. Yeah, to no. Get some goals. I, I, I can definitely see that. I think that this is one of the teams that I would personally struggle to set up in a best eleven. Um, and I, I'm sure that if I feel the same way, like feel that way, and, and I'm sure that Yogi Love feels the same way as well. Um, this team can be set up in numerous ways with a back three, a back five. Back four, um, three attackers with a, with wingers, um, uh, a, a false nine with, with Kai Havertz or um, you know Timo Werner playing striker or left winger. So there's a lot that can happen with this team, um, and I'm not really sure how Yergi Love intends uh, you know intends to, to set them up. But I think that again with the narrative right with no one really looking at the German team as a top contender here. They're looked at as a good team, but not as a top contender. Mm-hmm. I think that knowing that they're not, not too much is expected of them, um, and they just want to go there and have a good tournament. Um, I think that that's what's going to set them apart from teams like France. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that I think they're going to win this competition, but I do think and see them getting to the top eight at least. Oh, yeah. I think they have the potential to go pretty far. Yeah. And I, and I just think that there's, just, there's so much talent everywhere. Um, and if they can just all just have good games and all kind of take care of what they need to take care of and um, no one just has horrible showings, and I think that we can expect um, a great, great tournament from this German team. All right. Well, that leaves us with, last but certainly not least, Portugal. Portugal. This team is... Stacked. Unbelievable, man. They kind of snuck up on me, honestly. Um, I was looking at the, the squad list, and it was just like player after player that has just had excellent last two to five years yeah right um right you look at uh even the midfield uh ruben neves um renato sanchez 
Bernardo John Moutinho, Silva. Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandez, and I think that Bruno Fernandez is going to. Uh, un- unfortunately, as a Liverpool fan, I think that he is really going to have an amazing competition. <laughs> I, think I, think, so too. I think that he's going to outshine Cristiano Ronaldo. Ooh. He's going to take that mantle of like the player of this team, right? Uh, he's going to be the player that everyone looks to. I think this is going to be his last competition where he's not the captain. Um, I think we can expect Ronaldo to retire from international competition after the Euros. I, I could see it. Um, so, I just think that this team is the team to beat here. Like, this is... <laughs> I think that they, 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 they did win the last Euros, right? And I would be talking about them in the same kind of way as the French with the narrative and everything of winning the last one. But I don't think that this is here with them, right? I think, I think they're still seen as the underdogs just because they don't have those... Um, huge, huge, huge world beaters everywhere. Yeah, and it's like obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo is Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, but yeah. he's 36 now, and so I think people write that off, and then their two best center backs outside of Ruben Diaz are mm. respectively 37 and 38. Yeah, and Jose Fonte and Pepe. So I, <laughs> I can see how people can write them off, but I just think that Pepe has had a phenomenal season at Porto. Ruben Diaz is a brick wall, mm-hmm. so their defense is set. They have good fullbacks, uh, their midfield stacks, and they have good forwards. Like I think Andre Silva is primed for a very, very good mm-hmm. tournament. I think a lot of people have slept on him. He's probably their best, like all out, out and out, like number nine. Like I think Cristiano Ronaldo will play out wide, and then on the opposite flank will be Jao Felix, which will probably be the best way that they can get them both involved. And both of them, like Cristiano Ronaldo, is more. Uh, attuned to getting forward and kind of pressuring and doing all his step overs and then having a banger of a goal where Jao Vilex is such a like good like explorer of space he has such a beautiful touch he's very good at dribbling and he's also just good at like picking out the right pass and then behind them they have all those midfielders that we just talked about so I think that in in oh also to put respect on his name their other backup striker is Diogo Jota from Liverpool mm-hmm. like I think that they just have so much depth, and they probably have the two best goalkeepers in the tournament in Rui Patricio and Anthony Lopez, both of whom play phenomenally for their club club team. So, and I think also additionally, like what looking at their squad list and caps right now, um, when you look at it, you just see an experienced team, Very. right? We have Ronaldo at 174 caps. You have um, Pepe, who's done amazingly at Porto, um, at 114 caps, and you have Jean Moutinho at 130. Um, Bernardo Silva at 54, um, Rui Patricio at 393. So this squad is not, it, it, it's, you know, there's, there's some young players, right? They're bringing in a lot of players that are going to be their next generation, but they're doing a very, very good job of staggering it with, you know, keeping some older players that have a lot of experience, some players in the prime with a lot of experience that can come into this competition and really perform and know what it takes to win. Um, and I think that, you know, knowing how to win in a tournament style format is um, not something that every player has, right? There's players that are um, league competition players or players mm-hmm. that are tournament style players, and this team is just filled with tournament players. Um, you know, Ronaldo, he when when the occasion is the biggest, when the the pressure is the biggest, he performs. Yeah. Right. When Pepe, he's old. But when the when when the the game calls for it, when the competition calls for it, he performs. And I can go on and on and on about a lot of these players and. They really know how to perform and, and when when you know when they need to and I think that's what's what's going to set them apart um, and I definitely see them getting first in this in this group 
Um, and I also see them getting to the last four at the very least. Okay, so I think that is probably a really good place to end up. We will be back, kind of talk through the knockout stages once we get there, touch on where we were wrong. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, more likely, where we were right. Um, I hope so. I, I want to see how this ages. So with that... So actually, I think one thing we should add also is like who we see as the tournament winners right now. We pick one team. Okay. And we kind of see which of us is right or if none of us, none of us <clears throat> are right. Um, so who do you think, you know, as the last question, who do you think is going to be last team? Quick fire, just a name, that's all. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Italy. Italy? Okay, I like, I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with Germany here. Ooh. Out of left field a little bit. Um, actually, no, I take that back. I'm going to go with Belgium. <laughs> I'm going to go with Belgium. I okay. think that Belgium has what it takes here with the defense and everything, but yeah, that's all. All right. Well, we'll see how this ages because I, after I said that, I'm kind of worried that Italy <laughs> just going to have a terrible tournament. So we will be back during the knockouts or before the knockout stages to touch base. And until then... Y'all take care.